All right, all right. Welcome back here to another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. Um, same squad, same crew as the last episode here with me. Of course, my boy Dupree. Yeah, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. Oh, they got. Oh, oh, they got it. They got it done. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Come on, man. Okay. Rock Chalk, Jayhawk. Sheesh. Okay. Hey. My boys, hey, my boys down in Chapel Hill got the dub against Florida State. I saw, I'm, I'm, but I'm gonna be quiet though. I'm gonna leave it alone. We're still struggling <laughs> a little bit. I'm gonna leave it alone though. But also, I got my boy Brashawn with me. What's up, man? I guess, I guess I gotta talk mine since y'all are talking about y'all squad. Man. I know y'all see what Michigan doing right now. Yeah, number one, hey. number one seed now. Hey, I hear you. Hey, finna move up in the rankings now since Baylor lost. Man, come on, man. Juwan Howard getting it done. Hey. Hey, hey, it, it, it might end up being a collision course between them, them three, bro. Between y'all, Gonzaga, and 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 uh, and Baylor, bro. Because I don't, I don't know. Everybody else is a little too. It, it does seem like it's a gap. Everybody else is a little. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like y'all three and everybody else right now. And who who knows what it could have been uh, without the the couple weeks that y'all missed with COVID mm-hmm. going on and everything. But yeah, crazy. Yeah. Bro, I don't even know if a Gonzaga will, will lose a regular season game. I don't know when they'll lose because out there playing in the West Coast Conference, I mean, I know they. I mean, same areas be it's like they only comp out there. Yeah, know. man. If you see they spreads too, man, it don't even be close. Like, it'd be, oh my be god, like five and a half, thirty, bro. They, it'd be like <laughs> it's like varsity playing JV, bro. That's it's just they got it's on another level. They gotta find another conference or something. Yeah, they need to move up or something. I don't know how they can do it, but they gotta move up somewhere, bro. Just the I don't know. Or just they gotta they gotta pull a Boise State in basketball. They gotta schedule some big non conference well. Yeah. They were supposed to play Baylor earlier this year anyway, but anyway. But man, as you can see, we 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 full effect live, bro, with with hoop talk. That's cause the major thing that's going on right now. Um in the NBA, uh, we got a lot to we got a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack here, um, especially with with the All Star uh, team being named now. Uh, we're about a, what a week away. Yeah, the All yeah All Star game is next Sunday, March um, on the seventh. So we literally just a week away here from from the All Star game. And um, a few days ago, of course, we had the reserves named the official reserves. Uh, of course, from the East, we had Jalen Brown, James Harden, uh, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, and uh, Nikola Vucevic. And then um, out West, of course, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and uh, Zion Williamson. Um, let's just start with the, the, t- the guys who were named as reserves before we get into replacements in the snubs because I know we're gonna have a lot to talk about with the snubs. So <laughs> um as far as like with the guys who were actually named to the reserve uh to the reserve team, which we pretty much uh we pretty much nailed it all down except for a few of them here and there, maybe two or three of them here and there collectively. Uh, we kind of mentioned all these <clears throat> excuse me, we kind of mentioned all these guys that's on here besides probably probably besides Ben Simmons and Vucevic, I think we named everybody else at least mentioned him <clears throat> um, to be possibly a reserve. Uh, anybody stick out to you the most from either conference on you know being named a reserve? 
uh, I would say first with the East, definitely Sabonis. And I know people were, were kind of bickering about that one, saying Jimmy Butler or, or Bam. But just looking at his numbers and 22, 12, and, and 6 on 53% shooting, I, I didn't know he was getting off like that this year, man. I mean, I know that the Pacers, you know, they're usually around that fourth, fifth, sixth, sixth spot. But that one really, I, I was I was glad that he made it because especially in a year like a COVID situation where, you know, you obviously you're still watching the games, but they're not fans in. There's not many as many eyes as can be, you know, or as excitement when fans are or fans are involved and, you know, it's it's full capacity. So I was glad to see somebody from a smaller market because of some of these teams, I feel like you know, they have players that, that deserve to make it, but they don't have the, the the population to really vote for guys like that. And with numbers like that, man, I, I was glad to see that somebody from, from a smaller market really made it. Um, the West, um, I think you mentioned a couple of days ago, I was proud that Gobert made it. 14 and 13, they deserve to, you know, have an extra guy. I mean, they're, they're first in the West, probably playing the best basketball in the league. And they rewarded a guy not just because, you know, they reward him even though his numbers weren't there, but you can clearly see the impact, you know, when he steps on the floor. So those two guys, I, I was glad they made it because, like I said, for Sabonis, just being in Indianapolis, even being in Utah with a small market, you know, but Gobert, you know, he's deserved to be an all-star a couple times. And when, and we know when healthy, he's the best, you know, defensive big. So I'm glad they kind of did it going back to how they used to do it with Ben Wallace where, you know, it might not have just been – the numbers that some of these other bigs have, but he definitely de deserves to make it with the impact he has on the floor. <clears throat> yeah, for the for the East, I'm going with Sabonis as well. I didn't I didn't know that he was getting off like that either. I definitely thought that Jimmy Butler was going to make make the All Star team, but um, Brashawn named off the he he named off the numbers. I mean, 22, 12, and six on 53 percent. You really can't argue with that. So happy to see that. That's some that's more diversity. You you know, it's not the same guys, although you know, like you said, people could were arguing that maybe Jimmy Butler or, or Bam to make it. But you see some guys seeing some guys that you don't normally see or you wouldn't normally see in the all-star game. So that's good. And then uh I know I mentioned them, but Chris Paul, man, I know I said him on the last on the last uh show, but right now Wherever Chris Paul goes, man, it's like they he turns it into gold. He's last I mean last year, last year <laughs> in Oklahoma City. Sanders knows. We I mean, we're both I, I love my Hawks and everything, but I became an Oklahoma City fan and I didn't think much. I didn't have really any expectations of what their team was gonna do last year. And they made the playoffs as the fifth seed. And okay, now he leaves and he's in Phoenix now with Devin Booker and they're doing it, they're balling. Phoenix is balling right now. So uh, Chris Paul for the West, that's that's the one um, where I'm I'm happy to see that he, he made another all star uh team. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you with, uh, with Chris Paul for sure, just because I know a few episodes back when we kind of, kind of a little bit mentioned uh, some some NBA talk. We were we were talking about Phoenix and we were like, of course, right now with the move and how they played in the bubble, it was like, oh, they're going to be the sexy the sexy pick to like make the playoffs out west. 
But, you know, before the season started, we're thinking like, okay, what about this team? Or what about that team? What about this team? Like, would they really get a chance to? And, I mean, once again, like you said, man, Chris Paul, right now, right now for these these last three, four teams and seasons that's been going on, like, he he, he hasn't missed. <laughs> he hasn't missed. Like, they've, they've – each team has always improved uh, or done better than uh, what was expected uh, of that team. And, I mean, that just talks – that just goes into – um, they just attesting to the true leadership that that Chris Paul has, like right. to to be in any situation, because he easily could be right now. He could easily be one of the guys to be like, all right, look, I don't want to go to this team right here, go to this team right here. I want to be, I want to go to a team that's contending and try to win me a championship and everything like that. But he's just taking whatever situation that's that's given to him, and he just goes out there and he just plays and becomes a just a true leader, almost like another coach. For their team, uh, for me out in the East, it was it was it was Vucevic, um, just because of, I mean Orlando has, I mean he's he's, I mean he's been a, a All Star a couple times beforehand anyway, but uh, Orlando hasn't really been getting talked about or seen about this year anyway because they've kind of in a way regressed. But I mean if you look at his numbers too, man, twenty four and eleven. I mean, <laughs> that's it's the same thing like how we talked about with Julius Randle, man. Them All Star numbers, like you can't really. You cannot not debate that, you know what I'm saying, for him not to be an all-star. So for the, definitely uh, Vucevic standing out for me just because of, you know, how much Orlando isn't really being in that conversation right now in that to that 7 to 10 range out in the East. So it's like they're not winning enough like how they kind of were doing the, the past couple seasons when they were making the playoffs. Um, but for him to, you know, to be solid, like once again with twenty four and eleven, I mean, crazy, <laughs> crazy. Um, but y'all mentioned it before with uh, Sabonis; uh, he's going to be a replacement in for Kevin Durant, um, and Devin Booker is going to be the replacement for Anthony Davis. Uh, glad that glad that D Book is getting uh, some more recognition that he deserves, that he's been deserving. Um, for a while now, glad to see that. Um, to to see that's gonna happen, but they're uh, I heard that they're still gonna let uh, Kevin Durant pick pick his team, um, which I think that's I think that's fair to let him still pick his team, even though he's not playing. I think that's still fair. Uh, but man, let's get right to it with this one too, man. So, of course, I mean, it's so many great players in the league and. I, as we see, um, it's only 24 spots altogether <laughs> for, for the for an All Star team uh, for in total, and someone's gonna get left out. And I mean, plenty of plenty of uh, plenty of snubs. As we got one guy who probably think he's snub right now. He didn't walk into the podcast. My boy Eli. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> What's up, man? What's going I on? Yo, I'm tripping. Hey. I said, I'm finna, I'm finna log in. Cool. No, no, no. Y'all that's cool. That's I'm cool. That's log in. No, nah, that's 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 cool, bro. I'm with that. I'm with that. So look, we 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 just man, we really just got started, so you ain't even missed nothing. Um, we just talked about um the all-star reserves has been that they, they got named. Uh I I name them out for you just in case you need it. Um, of course, we got out east. It was Jalen Brown, James Harden, Zach Levine, Julius Randle, 
Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, uh, Vucevic, and of course Sabonis being a replacement for KD. And then we had Anthony Davis, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Zion, and of course Devin Booker is going to be the replacement uh, for AD. Um, out of all those guys who were named the reserves, like what guy or guys stood out to you um, the most? That should have been the All Star. That what? That what wasn't? No, 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 no. Oh, no. Nah, just the the reserves. We we ain't got to the snubs yet, so it, it really don't even matter. <laughs> That's why the reserves. Yeah, oh. like the uh, uh, basically like someone who you you didn't even know like they oh, they was hooping like that. Oh, Sabonis. Okay. I had to, I, that's the one we was talking about. I uh, recently checked his stats. Uh, and I knew he was playing well, but I didn't know he was playing like that. Thanks. Like he was having a quiet, good season in a sense. So I'm liking what he's doing over there with the Pacers. For sure. Man, so let's get let's get to it, y'all. Name, man. Who I got snubbed? Who listen? I think I think we all in agreement. Of course, mm-hmm. I think we all in agreement. Off top, Trey Young. Man, let me tell mm-hmm. you something, man. I mean, the All Star game is the All Star game is in Atlanta. How could you not? Let me tell you something. How did man <laughs> go from a starter last year to he ain't get picked to not making it? Now mm. Ben Simmons got picked over him, man. Right, Bitch, for real. That was a fifteen to seven. That man Trey Young averaging twenty seven and nine. What is we talking about? They gotta establish a criteria, man. That's my issue. I think Eli said this earlier this week. Is it popularity? Is it team success? Is it numbers? What's yes. the criteria? You know, because I don't feel like just because your team, we talking about an all star game. So facts. Just because your team is first to second, first of all, Ben Simmons missed a little stretch. You know, he was dealing with a little lingering injuries, a little COVID stuff. Not saying he didn't deserve it. But to me, Trey Young, Jimmy Butler, and Bam would have been more deserving than Ben Simmons, which I read today. They said that Jimmy Butler actually made it, but he told them that unless they added Bam, he wasn't going to play. Oh, okay. So, okay, definitely. We all know how Jimmy Butler, you know, rides for his, team, <laughs> for his teammates, you know, so I can see that one. But yeah, I'm definitely with that one. It's got to yeah. be. I don't see how Trey, I mean, you 27 and 10, man, that's crazy. Man. But this this the thing though, and I'm not mad not to cut nobody off. If we do it that way, I don't think Chris Paul should have been. Uh, hey, I'm right with you though. Right uh, All star, but I I, I, I respect it because you know right. what I'm saying. That's who we grew up on. It's Chris Paul, based off popularity, he's going to get in. You know what I'm saying? But I don't think he should have been an All Star over Devin Booker. If we being honest, I hear okay. That. Okay, uh, but to but to play devil's advocate for it, <laughs> to play devil's advocate for it, you know someone's gonna say, well, before Chris Paul got there, the Suns was never no. even sniffing the playoffs. They didn't start sniffing would, it until that's the about bubble. That, that would be that's, the that would be the uh, argument. That would be the argument. I mean, that's gonna be but, that's gonna Eli. That's gonna be the argument, the league, my boy. Everybody in the league would vouch that Devin Booker a bucket though. That's my thing. You got to that's true. And that how yeah, these players too. He is. Exactly. Well, see, that's where that player it's, vote come in, what we were talking about last, yeah. last, on the last show. What do exactly. we let the players exactly. vote? Because, right. I, man, they wouldn't, bro, I'm sorry. Miss Simpson not been an all-star. He just shouldn't have. The, Philadelphia is getting off right now, but they're getting off right now because of 
a Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid, yeah. yeah. Ben Simmons just hit right. his fourth career, career three today, and not everybody losing <laughs> their mind. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. What are we talking about? Man, he hit his fourth career, his fourth career three. <laughs> he are all crazy. And I got a That's man crazy. out here down, down there on P Street, down there in the eight, averaging 27 and 10. And he can't get picked. When the last time so a city was hosting was hosting the All-Star Weekend and they didn't have a representative from their team. That's true. When the last time? Probably last happened? year. What was it last year? Probably last. It was in Chicago last year, so. Okay, probably Okay, probably that. And when nobody was, right. was playing. When it was in Charlotte. They, was they in put Charlotte, Shaq that, in that year with Phoenix and he wasn't just having no All-Star. Yeah. Game. When it was that in Charlotte, Kimball was an all-star. <laughs> when it was in when it was in Charlotte, Kimball was an all-star. When it was uh in Toronto, uh Kyle Lowry, he was an all-star. Um I'm trying to like come on, right, man. Right. Uh one year they the in New York and the Knicks wasn't really shit and they named yeah, Melo. Yeah, Melo still got it. He was one. So it's like, man, come on now. Quit playing with my man Ice straight. Y'all playing games. Let the players vote. Let the players I, I ain't gonna, vote. It was. It's another. It's another couple guys that I looked at too. Uh, for me, of course, like I said, I know the, the consensus was Trey Young, but uh, Bam. I yeah, I thought. Yeah. I mean, Bam, bro, basically, nearly averaging a double double, bro, nineteen and nine. I mean, pretty much. Is he's he was doing the best that he could while. Jimmy Butler was dealing with what he was dealing with, and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson regressing, and everybody the Miami just not even being fully healthy. But yeah, Dragic was out. Dragic was out. You know what I'm saying? So I, I felt like Bam deserved it. Um, man, quietly, even Fred Van Fleet, bro. If you go look at his numbers and like, uh, he's shooting like forty. He's almost shooting like nearly forty percent from three. Uh, kind of a little bit over like 47 percent from the field. I mean. And he's he's a few more games, and if he get it a little bit more efficient, he'll be almost close to flirting with the with the fifty forty ninety uh, percentage wise. And I mean, you know, no one else hasn't really been doing that outside of what who Steph maybe right. KD or, or whoever. So I mean, quietly with that and dealing with what they're dealing with, and the fact that everything that they have going on and missing a couple of players, and they still a, a top four team in the East by by record, you know. Um, of course, some people mentioned uh, Ja Morant, thinking maybe you know he could have maybe could have possibly been one. De'Aaron Fox was one I saw. Another one that's another one. Which these are the same guys we mentioned last week on last week's episode. We were like, they probably Jeremy the ones that's gonna get snubbed. Yeah. Who else? Jeremy Grant. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's so many. Demar Derozan got snubbed, man. So Mark, I looked at his numbers, man, man. bro. It, for a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, I mean, it's it's twenty. He's having like twenty six and five. But the Rosen getting off, man. The Spurs ain't had a lot of COVID problems with Aldridge, Derrick White being out, Rudy Gay been off and on out, and they right there fifth, sixth seed in the West, man. I, I thought he he had thirty two and eleven tonight, and they beat the Pelicans with like eight players. So I, I thought he got snubbed, man. I, I, I mess with the Rose. I like tough. Real. I hear that. I hear that. I've heard that name. That's the first time I heard that name. My boy Brandon Ingram got snubbed too. How you go from reserve? I, I said that too. 
Uh, and so, like, what, what did I say last time, man? Zion not even made it. Should he have even made it over Brandon Ingram? But that goes back to what we were talking about with the popularity. Yep. You see what I'm saying? And who the league want to put in there too, man? They gonna put they gonna because they want him to be in a dunk contest too. So yeah. they trying to they trying to circle that whole little thing around him. Money grab, man. It's about the money grab. Ratings, ratings. People can't go. People really can't go. So we need we need folks to watch. And to be honest with you, I normally don't watch the All Star game. All I watch Saturday night. I watch all the yeah. challenges on Saturday night. I really don't watch the game. I care less about the game. Hey, they was going at it last year, though, bro. They, they was, yeah. they was, they they was hooping last year. I, t- I tuned in for the fourth quarter. That's yeah. when they play ball. They was locked in last year. I want to I want to mention one last thing about this before we move on. I guess because since – it's going back to Trey Young. I guess since because there's not really going to be, like, a crowd in attendance – there for the game, I don't think. I don't know if they if there's anything differently has changed. Could that factor in on why they was just like maybe like eh, let's not worry about getting Trey Young in there? I mean, if that's the logic on it, that's that's still stupid. But I'm, <laughs> oh yeah, I call BS on that. Yeah, I call BS on that. That that better not have been the reasoning. I don't know. It's just. It's head scratching, bro. I just I'm really not understanding. Um, but anyway, man, moving on. As we are going through here through the NBA season, and everybody knows that when we get to All Star break, it's pretty much a halfway point. So we've seen we've seen a great uh, handful of games now being played and everything like that. So, um, who surprised y'all and who's disappointed y'all? Um, from each conference. Hey, hey, real quick before y'all go, just wanted to quick update. Canelo Alvarez has got his third seven knockout um, in the third round. So yikes! Yeah, that, that boy good. That boy good. <laughs> um, but teams that have surprised me. One team I say um, that surprised me uh, is Phoenix. Um, we know what D book can do. Obviously, you got eight in there, and I don't, I don't know the roster top to bottom like that. But like I, I mean, like I said, it's like wherever Chris Paul goes in these last couple of years, man, it's just like it turns into turns into go. Right now, they're the four seed in the West, and preseason. I, I know I didn't have them in the playoffs. I know a lot of people didn't really have them in the playoffs when you were talking about. Golden State being back in the playoffs. Um, and then you're talking about um Dallas being back and then you got Memphis on the, you know, on the come up in New Orleans and um before the debacle in Houston, you think Houston would be so um Phoenix would be a surprise for me. Uh and then a disappointment would be Denver. Denver is mm, not playing good basketball right now. That's a good one. Like, Denver is not playing good basketball. I don't know what's going on. They, I mean, when you put on the performance that they put on last year in the playoffs, in the bubble, and you turn around right now and you're hanging on by a thread to the AC, I don't know, like, you were from one of the best teams in the West, one of the best teams in the conference, putting on one of the best performance in the playoffs that, We've seen in a long time to 
You're 15 and 16. You're 15 and 16. Now you're 8 and 8 at home. Last year, they couldn't lose at home. So Denver, for me, is the team where it's like, okay, Jamal Murray, uh, Yoke is, is the – you, you got to figure some – start figuring some stuff out, man. This, mm-hmm. this is not, it's not going well. So those are two teams for me. Man, I'm gonna go with. Uh, okay. oh, you go ahead. You go ahead, Eli. You can go ahead. Uh, team, a surprising team is them boys out east, them New York Knicks. I'm telling you, I'm telling you to be. They playing 500 basketball. I don't know what's in Julius. Julius Randle might win Most Improved. Yeah, he might. Win. I see him top candidate for Most Improved Player. They playing 500 basketball. I don't know if they can carry. I hope they can carry it um, throughout the season. They what they fifth seed now yep. in the East, yeah. number five mm-hmm. right now. Like they top five, so like they they really shocking people right now. I just hope they can uh, keep it up. A disappointing team, I would have to say, I'm with Dupree with the with the Nuggets, also with the Mavs. But I know Mavs mm-hmm. are. Different. Some injuries, right? Uh, trying to stay healthy, but I'm really disappointed at the Nuggets more so because of Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. Nokic can't do it by himself. Like Jamal Murray has to, he have to do more. Like going back to that last play the other day with the uh, oh my god, oh my my gosh, (laughs) that was tough, boy. That was ugly. Everybody know three on one fast break. Why is two people going for the three point line? I guess nobody did figure eight uh, in uh, playing going up. (laughs) Nobody know what to do when it comes to that scenario. I see, but Jamal Murray has to do more. Like. This averaging sixteen the game, it, it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna be enough if they want to be contenders in the West. Man, I'm gonna say one that really shocked me, especially with the way they started the year. Man, my team, man, that, that's surprising people is the Warriors. To be to be nineteen and fifteen, to not have Clay, you know, obviously top two shooting guard at the least top three, you know, went healthy in the league. And then to not really, you know what I'm saying, to be trying to still develop guys like Pastro, Wiseman coming along, he's playing well. You know, I think this is the this is the best Wiggins I think we've seen all around in a sense where it's just not him being just super athletic, just making highlight dunks, you know what I'm saying, running the lane. Like, he's really playing within the system. And and even Oubre, you watching that? Oubre been getting off the last few weeks. I know he took a lot of heat because he couldn't hit a three-foot. You know, for the first two months to start the season. But Steph is Steph is playing out his mind. I like them, man, to, to, to creep up in the top five. If they can keep up doing what they're doing, I don't think a lot of people thought, felt like, you know, especially with Draymond not being a scorer, I thought a lot of people felt like they wasn't going to have enough to really compete. But they they really played with some good teams, man, and to be 19 and 15, I think they – I think it's just, Steph is showing that even without help, man, he's an elite player because we all know that was his knock. He's always had a KD – He's always had a clay other guy, man. Yeah. Is top five point guard ever, man. The guy can flat out, he can get the job done. You know what I'm saying? So I'm yeah. glad that they playing well. He's showing that. And I'm surprised y'all, man, y'all avoiding it. Man, Boston is a disappointment. 
<laughs> I mean, what okay. are they doing up there? I... They have two all-star reserves. You got Kimba, who's obviously, you know, in the normal year when he's healthy, he's an all-star. I know we don't talk about injuries, no smart, no bigs, but there's plenty of bigs in my in my opinion that's on the market that's worth risking, like as I was telling you, Sanders, that's worth going to get. I get that it might not match up with the Nets, but you know, going after maybe a poor thing, even a Blake Griffin, you know what I'm saying? Because you can get Blake for cheap. Like it's like a really uh um you know a high reward, low risk with Blake because nobody's gonna trade from the Pistons gonna have to buy him out. So if Brett don't perform, his own, he probably only spent, you know, 1.52 million on him. You know, but you're gonna have to, they need some kind of low post presence. I like Williams, but when you play these, I mean the East got crazy front court guys, man. Embiid, Giannis, KD, Sabonis. If you don't have nobody that can match that point production, you're gonna struggle. And right now, Kimba is is not that Charlotte Kimba. He's not that last year all-star Kimba. And I get he gotta get his legs up under him, but they not going nowhere. Man, I went out as far as to say they might not if they don't get a top four seed, man, we can see them going home first round. Mm. That's boy. I, I think it's Boston, man. That's gotta be the no disappointment. That's a that's boy, a good one. Boy, you talking right mm-hmm. there, boy. I ain't gonna let see you. Yeah, hey. I'm telling you about them Celtics. Don't put them on your parlay. Make sure this get out. Make sure this get out. Man, so you can't. Don't you can't. put the Celtics on your parlay. I tell people, man, stay away from, stay away from Ben basketball. Don't do it. Don't do don't it. do it. Man, that's the, game, the, the games. You, the games you think the team's supposed to win, they might find a way to blow it. So don't do it. Yeah, Boston. That's a tough one. Oh yeah, that I I do agree with you, Bashan. They do need that. There are enough front court guys that are available that you you can figure something out. You can figure something out to get some help. Because I I mean nobody in the nobody in the in the East is going to be able to match up with with Brooklyn, in regardless. There's right. too much firepower on on that on that squad to begin with. But you have to help yourself out. To get something, you gotta find something, some type of spark. It's man, it's it's what we said before. Uh, me and Brashawn was talking before we uh, got started. Uh, it, it's either you go ahead and take a risk and you make a move, or at this point you just wasting years away with talented really? players. You just wasting their years. So yeah. You know, it's either you, you gonna barbecue, you gonna meal do. Like, what you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta figure something out. You gotta figure something out here. Like, that's the only way that uh you can do that. I'm surprised none of y'all mentioned this team. I mean, we y'all kind of mentioned it before, as far as a player being maybe an all star, but the Spurs. Yeah. I mean, man, to be you know last year being the first time they missed the playoffs in man forever. Uh, I'm pretty sure. We, I know. I know for a fact. I wasn't. We really wouldn't want talking much about them to to either make a comeback and and and, and do much. But I mean, right now they sitting what number five, top five in the West. I think. Yep. Yeah, five, seventeen, seventeen and twelve. I mean, man, they of course you know what I'm saying Pop is always gonna get them coached up. Or we mentioned the the Rosen. He out here hooping, man. Murray. And like you said, they've been they've been doing this without uh, a, a few players who've been in and out of the lineups. I mean, uh, 
Man, Lamarcus Aldridge has only played in 19 games. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's been in and out of the lineup, you know, all the different inconsistencies that they've had and everything as far as, like, with players, but still managing to still be a top-five team in the West. And uh, out East, a team that I look, out, look at right now um, as a disappointment, I know they've been dealing with a lot of injuries, though, but they had a lot of hype going in around them and, and and they about to mess up my bet that I had with them at the beginning of the year. But the 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 team we mentioned before, the Atlanta Hawks, I mean uh, <laughs> why you saying them, man? Man, hey, I just I, I, I had to mention it. Just you know, the fact that, you know, the if the championship or some type of award was given in the off season Atlanta was the winners. I mean, the moves that they made were like, yeah, that's that's a certified, like, legit playoff team. And I don't know. They just – they've been very inconsistent. I know they've been dealing with injuries and uh, having to deal with people with COVID and everything like that. But, I mean, that's that's going on with every team in the league right now. No one is being exempt from that. So, uh, at some point, it's like what we mentioned earlier about with Boston. At some point, you got to – the, the excuses got to go, you know what I'm saying? Yep. We just, we got to, they got to get it together here. So, um, for me, that's what's going on there with there, man. And speaking of injuries, we, we got a, you know what I'm saying? We got a couple of few uh, players, uh, big name players that's going to be sitting out here for a minute, man. Um, I guess the, the biggest one right now is, uh, is Kevin Durant with his, they say it's a hamstring injury. Um, Man, on a scale of one to ten, how concerning can this injury be for Durant and for the Nets? I mean, until tonight, they had an eight-game win streak, so I mean, they were kind of moving along pretty well. But I mean, if this lingers on past the All-Star break, like how how concerning does this get for Brooklyn? Man, that gets very concerning. You know, I think it's. A one to ten, I'm going five to six, man, because I do think Durant has learned from, you know, pushing it too much or coming back too early. I think he knows that, especially in this year where there's not going to be, you know, barring, you know, everybody gets a vaccination, where there's not going to be probably at least no more than half the capacity in the gyms, even when, you know, May, June, July come. So I think he knows you know, that he's not going to push it. He doesn't want to risk what happened, what we all seen in Golden State. But at the same time, and just like I was telling you all about AD, I think it's it's some extra details, which, you know, deservingly so. That's, you know, his his medical information. We don't, you know, deserve to really, you know, or obligate to know about that. You know, yeah. but I think it's a little bit more serious than, than they putting it out. Because we all know one thing, man, Kevin Durant loved a hoop. And I feel like if Bruce healthy, he's going to be like LeBron. Like, he's going to be out there. You know, he was – and you got to think, he had this injury with not even playing back-to-backs. Yep. So yeah, I think, I think it's a little, and we all know, man. As much as I love Kyrie, Kyrie game, man, we we know he'll twist a turn from an ankle, shoulder, you know. So besides Harden, you know, they got two guys who are you know super talented. You know, you can arguably top two talents in the league when healthy. But I mean, they got some, you know, with Durant. I think it's a little bit more serious. Than they putting it out, man. Yeah, I think they're trying to trying to lowball it. Kind of, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's just a little, little hemi, and none too, none too crazy. But um, I, I don't, 
I don't think it'd be too much of an issue for for Brooklyn. I do think that they're underplaying it. I I would believe that it is probably a little more serious than they're making it out to be. But I don't think it would be too much of a problem for them. Um, the other two guys, and James Harden and Kyrie Irving, can they can hold it down until KD gets you know gets his gets everything back a hundred percent and everything. Um, but if I don't, I don't know, man, this these these those hand me the only thing those hamstring injuries can be tricky. So yeah. if it is as bad or if it is bad, I won't say as bad because we don't know. But if it's bad or if it's worse than what they're making it out to be, that could be something that holds him out for a long period of time. Because when you pull your hamstring, man, you <clears throat> when you're trying to get back into it, you really, really are just real. You're hesitant. You're real hesitant. You don't want to do make the same movements. You don't feel like yourself, and it really takes you to just. You have to force yourself to to play like how you would normally would to be able to trust it. And sometimes that takes a while. So um, if it's if it's bad, man, that could that could hold him out for a long period of time. Talking a month. Month and a half, it could be it that could be a problem. And then it would be an issue. I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad though. I don't think okay, it's that yeah. bad. Yeah. Uh man, the next on there uh right now, uh out there with Toronto will what are they? They in Tampa Bay. They're not even in Toronto. Damn, but... Yeah, they're playing in Tampa. I forgot uh, about that. I see that's, that. Yeah, they tried to get them that's, to Nashville. That would have been dope. That would have been dope. Man, they tried to get them to Nashville. Uh, see, Ockham, he's still dealing with uh health and safety, the health and safety protocol stuff. So dealing with that. Um, Toronto kind of started off very slow, um, but they picked it up here recently. Um, and got that way back up to uh, a top four spot out in the east. Um, hopefully they could get him back. Um, man, just talk about how much they really need uh, him to get back out there on the floor as far as Siakam to get back on the floor, especially um, since I don't know if anything really went through or not, but there were definitely murmurs and rumors going about uh, the Raptors possibly trading uh Kyle Lowry. So yeah. uh man, how important is it for Toronto to get uh I guess the one of their main guys back out there on the floor? I mean, it's uh it's extremely important, right? I mean, he's a max contract player, so we obviously, you know, when healthy, he's probably the best player on the team. Only I say that even though I really like Van Fleet, it's just, you know, obviously Seattle is six nine, six ten, more versatile. You know, can can play multiple positions, defend multiple positions. I think that's the only thing that you know that separates them. Obviously, you know, is, is the height thing, versatility. But I was a guy that was kind of you know surprised by how they were playing. But you know, he because he was taking some, some some bashing. You know, they was like, you know, this guy can't be number one guy. He was leaning on Kawhi, and he really started to pick it up before that injury. He's still averaging twenty and eight right now, twenty eight and five. So I mean, Siakam is very important. I think that's your guy. You know. You hoping can guard your Giannis's and 
and, and switch off on your Embiid's and, and be able to match, you know, make them work on defensive end and match point production. So that's, I mean, when healthy, man, we all know. I really, Nick Nurse, to me, is the most underrated coach in the league. So with Siakam, with, with a focused Raptors squad, man, I can see them making some noise with, you know, barring him being 100%. I'm popular yeah. pink. That's Cal Lowry team, man. They've been pitching, bro. Though they trying to get. I seen they said they said they. I don't he, see why. To get I'm, I'm, gonna be I'm gonna be honest. I don't think Siakam is that. Okay. How, um, people like I think he shoot too much, and he's not fundamentally sound, and he's soft. I can see that. I can see that. Like. Siakam, when it comes like down to you, when it comes to the stretch, or like when they need him to produce, he goes quiet. Yeah. I agree. He did struggle, especially in that Boston series last year. They exposed the mess out of that man. But is that is that due to maybe that it's a it's a learning curve for him, knowing that now he's he is possibly the number one guy, and they're the scouting report is now to is not. Oh, let's get Kawhi. Let's get him and then Siakam. Now it's like I mean, Scottport come out. I'm playing Toronto. We got to make sure Siakam don't get his his 25 and, and eight. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Is it is that the learning curve that he's got to deal with now with not being the number one at first and now he's the number one? So everybody knows that pretty much it's like you stop him, you stop them. And I mean, granted, you know that that is Kyle Lowry there, there is Van Fleet there, but. I guess just because of like you said, the size, his production, what he has done before and the way he kinda even, you know, before the the playoff series against Boston, like all the stuff he did before last season, making him in the makings of being the number one guy. Is that right. just a learning curve that he's had to deal with right now? I think no, so, but I also don't think he's a number I, I agree with y'all though. I don't think he's a number one. with that, which y'all both making y'all points, I think having Kawhi did I mean you watched that final series. He was mm-hmm. able to slash and 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 get a lot of backdoors, putbacks because you. I mean, you 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 shading towards Kawhi. You know what I'm saying? You playing a one on one, but the the help guy, the guard post is shading. So I mean, I think y'all on the right path with that. I mean, I don't think he can be the one guy now. Y'all saying that. I think he needs a guy to play behind or you know be like a twin tower in a sense. I mean, when they gave him that um, big contract, I, I feel like. That's the statement of saying, hey, you yeah. are a guy. Because you got to think, nobody expecting. Of course, you oh, know, Cal Larry <laughs> had the ability. Cal Larry had the ability to be that number one option. But nobody's going in there and like, okay, we need to maybe double team Cal Larry. Right. He one the, you know, things like that. I think Cal Larry is just one of those people that you uh, wreck ball with. And you know what I'm saying? He's good to have, but you'd be like, man, who who is guarding this man? Like he come right. out, he like, bro, what he like you he get he's underrated. Like he hit he, he's fun to have on your team, but he's annoying as hell if you're playing against him. Facts. Yes, like because he hits or he do unexpected, like you don't expect it from him, but you gotta respect it in a sense. Right. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that whole situation of Paris is is tough. They didn't start off the season hot at all. I I thought they were in jeopardy of not even sniffing the playoffs as bad as they were playing. Um, 
but they definitely need Siakam. They definitely need him. So whatever whatever is going on, they got to figure with the protocols and everything. Like they got to get all that straightened out so um, he can get back to playing down there in Temple. So. Yeah, man, but just when you think you got it bad for your team, then you sit back and you realize it could be worse because you could be the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> and right, nah, for real. Right now, the, they got a lot going on, man. I mean, first off, uh, they fire they fire uh, Ryan Saunders, um, the son of the late great uh, Flip Saunders, who coached up there for the Timberwolves back pretty much the last time they were good. Um, um, at that point, they're seven and twenty-four. Um, they're seven and twenty-seven now, but they immediately <laughs> they immediately hire uh Chris Finch, who was a Toronto Raptors uh, assistant coach. Immediately hire him to be full time, right into being the head coach for this season. And there was a assistant, a first assistant on Ryan Saunders' staff, uh, David Vanterpool. I mean, a very successful guy who played 12 years in the NBA um, with a few, a few stints here and there with different teams, uh, had a couple of front office positions beforehand, uh, was an assistant on the Trailblazer staff that brought in Damian Lillard, that brought in C.J. McCullum. Um, that group has never – I don't think they've never missed the playoffs Uh in that seven-year span that he was there with them from 2012 to 2019. And they go, and instead of just at least just making Vanterpool the interim head coach, they go hire a guy from a whole nother staff <laughs> and make him the full-term, like, head coach. And our boy Dame Dollar was pissed. <laughs> he was him. pissed about it. He pissed about it. The tweet he said here was, quote, how the hell do you not hire David Vanterpool and he's right there on the bench and has been in front office successfully and on the front of a bench of a winning team successfully for seven years and also has played a major role in development of a dominant backcourt, shaking my damn head, which he mentioned in him and C.J. McCullum, um, which and definitely one of the best backcourts in the league. So as we see here, the NBA is also dealing with some some bullshit that the NFL has been dealing with, with the lack of diversity in hiring uh, black coaches to to be in those roles. Um, so once again, fellas, it seems like we having this. It seems like we have this talk every other episode. What is going on with guys that's not getting a fair shot or getting the chance to be hired in that position to? to run a team, to just even get that chance to be the head guy in these, uh, in the top profession sports of, you know, their, whichever sport it is, the top profession. What is the problem with that right now? Man, we know the problem, but I ain't going to say it because I know when you become successful, I don't want them to blackball this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this, man. I'll say this. It's, uh, my my expertise leans more 
more towards football. But so I know when a coach gets fired, a head coach gets fired during the season, whoever the assistant head coach who they the organization points appoints a interim coach within the organization. I don't think there's ever been a time where a head coach got fired and they went out and hired somebody that wasn't on the staff um, yeah. to be the head coach. And there hasn't been too many times that it's happened in the NBA either. I believe uh, I saw something that said the last time that happened was like 2009. I can't remember the team. Um, but it was like 2009 was the last time an uh, instant like this ha- has happened. But uh, I believe it woke up a lot of people in the NBA to the fact that uh, I think some people didn't really think that the NBA had that problem, had the same problem that the NFL has. And I think this really speaks to that. How, how, I granted they are terrible. Granted, they are awful. But how do you, in turn, hire a man in the middle of the season who has not been in the building? Okay. He hasn't even been in the building. He don't know the players, he don't know the front office, nothing, personnel, anything. You just hire hire a dude, like, yep, come on. In the middle of the season. I've never, I've never seen or heard of anything like that. It, and the fact that he accepted. Yeah, and I mean he I mean he took it. Well, I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, I can't blame him for taking it. He wanna be a he wanna be a head coach. I really can't blame him for taking it. But yeah, it just speaks to the fact of like Dame Lillard said, you got to do sitting right here on the bench. Just all you got to do is give him a shot. Give him a shot for the the rest of the season. What 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 possibly? How like how much worse could he do? You already you already the last seed. You you sixteen or fifteen. I'm I'm losing count. But regardless, they, yeah, they they so bad. Yeah, you giving them an extra you number. Last, you last you last in the conference. <laughs> You last in the conference right now. The I think they got the worst record go, in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah only seven, way you can go, seven. only way you can go is up. So at least get a man a shot and see what he can do. You just hire one from within. So I'm gonna let I'm gonna let some of you basketball guys elaborate on it more. But it, it don't make no sense, man. It, it's just we have a, we having this conversation too many times. We've had this conversation too many times. It's just it's annoying. Well, for one, it's funny. Me and my dad was having the same conversation. He was like, man, what what be going on up there in Minnesota? We literally just had this conversation about two days ago. And for one, we have to remember, we talking about the Timberwolves, man. Uh, since Garnett, <laughs> since Garnett, I mean, they arguably been in the same category as, let me be honest, my Lions, you know, the Jets, the Marlins. I mean, we're talking about literally one of the worst franchises in North America. You know what I'm saying? So we can't really expect too much. And in that sense, just talking about them. But going along with Eli, along with that, man, the NBA has a history of just recycling coaches. Look at it. I mean, Vinny Del Negro got multiple jobs. We all say he can never really handle a locker room. Again, as somebody that, that supports the Pistons, how is Stan Van Gundy still getting hired? I don't get it, man. The guy cannot handle a locker room. He doesn't develop his players. I mean, how does he get another job before a Mark Jackson? And, you know, some of, these, some of these other guys that only got, 
I don't really mind the Thibodeau thing because I just feel like the Thibodeau thing with them was Thibodeau needs veteran players. I mean, that's why he went and got a Rose. That's why he has a Randall, you know, Taj Gibson. He needs veteran players up there. So I, you could kind of see that really wasn't going to work when you kind of got young guys like Wiggins and, and Carl Anthony who's still worried about kind of individual stats. But to me, it's just the history of recycling coaches, man. You see that in all these leagues too. You know, they really – I mean, once you get inside these circles, it's not really about – your record and your performance. It's just about who you know, which is anything in life. But we definitely see that in the NBA, you know, same thing. It was, he's doing good, well-deserved. But, you know, same thing when people were saying, you know, how did Vogel get that job over, you know, a J-Kid or a Ty Lu, you know. So, and even in some cases it works out, though. You know, I don't think Ty Lu gets that job if Doc Rivers, you know, wasn't there and he was on that bench and able to vouch for him. So it, it works out in our favors, obviously, less times than it actually does but it just goes back to these teams I just think they're lazy man they don't really you know want to go out there and try to find the, the young you know uh nurse you know or, or guys like Brad Stevens you know they just want to you know whatever guy that might have a job they know the same three or four guys five guys are up for every job yeah, yeah I man I don't know I, I just go ahead, go ahead Eli I think it, it uh, go back to what the preamble Sean said, it is a deeper issue than what people, you know, some people might say, oh, it's not that big deal. But it is a bigger issue because even uh, Rick Carlisle, who is the uh, president of the NBA uh, Coach Association, he even uh, made a statement about it um, saying, like, he respects. Um, each organization uh, right to hire and fire, but uh, he also doesn't like when organizations doesn't uh, do a co a cohesive, you know, hiring process. Right. So it is we it is a bigger issue than. Um, what what people are trying to make it or this is a and it's a concerning issue as well because uh, we talk about we also we undergoing this equality um, aspect. Uh, Kyrie is on the front line of it as well when we are you know what I'm saying candidates who have the background and extensive knowledge and we meet the criteria like we so it's like I don't know. But yeah, I man, I think the criteria thing now is is BS. It's BS at this point because yeah. what's yeah. the what's the point of sitting up here telling telling the guy, okay, well, all right, you played you played fifteen years in the NBA. Uh, now you want to get into coaching? Okay, well, you need to start off as a just being on the staff, being a a, a scouting. Scouting guy, positional player, a positional coach. Uh, you just coach the front court. You just coach the back court. All right, you become third assistant, second assistant, first assistant, and then you can become a head coach. But you got guys like, and it's no disrespect to him, but Steve Nash, who's never had right. a front office position, never did any type of coaching, becomes a head coach. When you got a guy like Sam Cassell, I mean, pay his dues. Like been been in the league, a champion. Like 
has been been on coaching staffs for years and years and years. Like his name has been in the talks of being that next coach up, and he still doesn't have a head coaching job. I mean, it was a, even though Ty Lue finally got it, it was a struggle for Ty Lue to finally get a coaching job and to even get a, a second one. Right. Um, thanks to, like you said, the tutelage of being on the staff with Doc Rivers and everything like that. So, uh, I just think it's just kind of like it's the it's kind of to the point where now is where what Kendrick Perkins said on first take earlier this week. I think what needs to happen is, which he made a great point, was that it needs to be it's, we need to start seeing people of color or black black men or whoever to have those roles, has those front office roles to be a yeah. GM, to be an yeah. owner. To where you know that they're gonna hire this guy that is successful and look like him, you know what I'm saying, or that he knows him or anything like that, because that's pretty much what happened in Minnesota. Obviously, Chris Finch is good people with some with the owner, the GM, whoever it is up there. I don't even know who is in in part who controls the team up there in Minnesota, because I mean, who cares what Minnesota got going on like that anyway? But Obviously, for him to get hired like that immediately, like he's got to be good buddies with someone up there in that front office. So, obviously, that's what's going on. That we need to get more of us in those roles and those positions to where we can see uh, more hirings of us as coaches. But also at the same time, why does it have to be like that when we should just be hiring the best candidate for the job? Like, it's no matter the color, really, which we've mentioned beforehand on the episode on episodes before about this, like it really even shouldn't even be about color anyway, but just the fact that like you saying, we seeing guys like Mike D'Antoni got multiple coaching jobs, <laughs> the Negro, Stan Van Gundy. I mean, <laughs> the list goes like on and on and on. Luke, Luke Walton, <laughs> Luke Walton did nothing really with their Warriors team. He's hired to be the coach for the Lakers. Doesn't do a damn thing and still gets hired by the Kings. Like, why? Because it's honestly, really, just because his last name is Walton. Let's just, right. let's just keep that a buck right there. But I mean, when you got guys like, when you got guys like, uh, dang, Mark coach Jackson. Name Mark Jackson, uh, uh, man. Even even guys that's on that Lakers staff now, bro. Jason Kidd, Lionel Hollins, um, Fisdale. How's Jeff Van Gundy still keep getting passed hey, over, man? Like, hey, he not. I, I, he's smart. I'm chilling in that booth. I ain't even worrying about it if I was him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm chilling in that booth if I. I'm, I mean, but yeah, bro. Mark Jackson and and Lionel Hollins, J Kidd, uh, Fisdale. I mean, I mean, you know the the New York job was. Look, Dolan just got to go up there. That's really the the real issue. Which way is he gone now? Anyway, no. is James Dolan. Oh, God. Well, well, they got they but, they obviously but, they got some new. No, but it's like issue, I think we they knew we, as as African American coaches, you got to understand the situation that you're getting into because they're going to use it. They're not going to say you didn't have the talent or that we didn't surround you with people or you know injuries. 
like Fisdale kind of got to know, you know, I, I still don't get it wrong. There's still these guys that they're getting passed over, but you know, with the history of the Knicks, that's going to be a tough situation when they're mm-hmm. calling mm-hmm. everybody out. You know what I'm saying? Bringing in these new True. guys. You got the number three pick. You know what I'm saying? They were getting rid of Porzingis. They had already got rid of Melo. So some of these, like you understand, they're not going to use the same excuses as they do for some of these other guys where they were, we were rebuilding. They're not like, and like, in a, like a Tib. You know, Tib got a pass for Minnesota not really succeeding after that one year they made the playoffs. And, you know, when Boston, I mean, when uh, Chicago started to kind of become, they were still winning, but they were mediocre in the sense they couldn't get past, you know, like the second round or whatever. So, we're not going to get that same kind of leeway. So I think we also got to be more um, aware and selective with the jobs we pick. That's true. But it's That's one true. thing of being, of being selective with the job we pick and then and actually getting offered a job. Mm. True. That's a good yeah. point. But... Man, I don't know. It's just, it's just. I mean, it's a, it's a shit show up there in Minnesota, anyway. And I mean, to make matters worse, um, one of their key guys that they have that gives them a fighting chance in most games is now suspended for the next twelve games. Uh, Malik Beasley suspended uh, twelve games from an incident that happened back in last September. Um, which they knew. I think they kind of been knew about it, just kind of waiting to see what it was. I think he did. He plead did a guilty plea. I forgot exactly what was the reason for it, but um, man, gonna be hard for them. Like they already struggling already. He won't be available again to the end of March, um, the twenty seventh against Houston. So he's pretty much missing the whole month of March for his suspension. Um, that's gonna be tough for them already, just because of. Uh, I think D'Angelo Russell is still out with his knee injury. Uh, he's been out for a little minute. Cat just kind of now getting back into the lineup here um, with him dealing with COVID and everything like that. Um, just, I don't know, it's just kind of tough uh, for them right now with the, uh, a team that's just, I mean, they've been struggling for a while now. But is. Is it is it stuff like this where players are getting in trouble, injuries, and front office decisions on is why you have teams that are like uh like a for example, I guess like a Golden State, like a like a Philly right now, or like a Lakers, uh, you know, t- you know, team winners who win and losers who lose. Like <laughs> you have those like a LA, a Boston normally, you know, one of those guys, and then you got Minnesota. Uh who else, who else is normally always bad? Uh, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, like it is it decisions like that to where it's just like that's what separates basically like the have and the have nots in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always and even every, people don't really admit it, but I think baseball is probably maybe hockey to a sense. The only one where even when these teams load up with all this money, they still normally they don't win a World Series. Or if they do, it took them losing a couple times. You know, like the Yankees finally got in 09, but A-Rod had been there since, you know, like 04. You know, that we know the struggles that the Dodgers went through. You know, and in football, you know, even I mean, with football, people didn't really want to say it, but you kind of knew the team. Always. I mean, any team that Brady's on is going to be there. You know, any team now with Mahomes, you know, the top quarterbacks usually going to have the team. So I think all these leagues, 
you know, are going, they just don't have the same advantage, you know, NBA, because these top guys, I will say we was all kind of wrong when that whole wave everybody's saying that everybody wants to play in these big markets and all that, because a lot of players decided to stay where they were at or go to some of these other teams that we didn't really think they would go to, you know, like Giannis staying or, you know, like Dame staying. But at the end of the day, it's like any team LeBron's on, now I would say any team that Durant's on, especially if they got, you know, another guy that can really hoop and go get it. You know, it's going to be, you know, it's just not really. I mean, it, you can go get these young, talented guys, but the, the guys that are elite are so elite. And it's just so, you know, just on such a different level that I just think it doesn't really, you're not really going to see, you know, teams that got a lot of good, they're stars, but not superstars. Like, you're not really going to see that piston affecting yeah. like 04 Pistons, you know, or even like the Spurs to a certain extent where you had Duncan, who was incredible. But, you know, nobody was ever saying Parker and Ginobili were superstars. I'm wrong. They were, you know, probably both going to be in the Hall of Fame, two tremendous players. But the, the Lakers. You know, yeah, it's just like these these teams get the big guys. Man, and they're just so much better than I think the rest of the competition. That it's just you going to have that, you know, discrepancy and always have the top teams being the best teams. Yeah. And I think that's why. Um... Maybe that's a sense of uh, coaches want to go into an organization and change the culture. Um, I but um, these front office they don't give coaches a chance. Like, uh, you go back to Avery Johnson with the Nets when they first, uh, oh, yeah, when they got to be like them after 28 games and they had a 500 record. It wasn't enough, and they fired. They instantly fired the man. You know what I'm saying? Like they want immediate success with no tools to produce that success. Like some of these front office doesn't give uh, coaches, staffs, and the players the opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Don't give them. They want. They just want like, why we hired you? We want to be in the playoffs. How is that possible when y'all were just the 14th seed last year? <laughs> if we get y'all to the ninth seed, you know what I'm saying, or even the eighth seed, we making progress. You right. know what I'm saying? Like that should be like, okay, we making progress. Is it is it harder now for some of these franchises to even make that real progress because Pretty much kind of like what you mentioned, uh, Bashan, with like how Thibs is just like he always has somebody that's like that veteran, uh, a veteran or two that he needs like on his squad. Is it is it hard now? Is it hard now for those things to be successful? Because like all they thinking of what the league is thinking is just like we want this to be a young man's game. We just want it to be where it's just it's all about the young guys. Don't worry about the veterans. I mean, because it's like you mentioned last week, Bashan. It's a couple guys out there right now that, you know, have been playing since we were kids that could probably still get a bucket. Jamal right. Crawford, Joe Johnson. I mean, right. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Just to get them out there, just to say, give me 12 points. Like, right. I'm, we're not even asking you to, like, be the guy, but be in the locker room, like, show, show like, the young guys, like, how to be professionals. And we're not seeing it, like, in the locker rooms anymore. So is that more so just on, like, is that – the league doing that or is that front office guys basically like we got a young team we just want this to be a young team but like not everybody can be that oh nobody everybody can be like can't nobody be like uh the boston like how boston is where like oh we got a young squad and they can be good and they can grow because 
we end up just having just some young teams and they just playing and then when they ready for this rookie contract to be out, they finna they finna be gone and go somewhere else. And now instead of being like this star player that you thought that they could be for your franchise, now he ends up just being uh just yeah, kind of like a Andrew Wiggins almost, even though like this is the best we've seen him, but you know, kind of like that where it's just kind of like he's just been going, but nothing has really transcended. You know, right, right. So is well, that more like a? I think it's two things, man. I think number one, it's uh, it's a trendy league, so they see that and they just think that's the recipe for winning. But I know I was talking to my my dad, my granddad one time. We were talking about where the league is going and the guys shooting all these threes, and it's not they're not building to their personnel. They're building towards oh the Warriors won, they've been able to shoot. So let me just get a whole bunch of guards that. Uh, but you got to understand, we're talking about Stephen Clay, the greatest shooting backcourt we've ever seen. You know, we're talking about Kevin Durant, you know, a seven-foot unicorn. So, like, you can't just see how teams are winning. I mean, and LeBron is different in the sense that it really don't matter who you throw with him. The guy's just so good, you know. So you can't even really try to mow at all what he does. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not, you're not going to draft a player, let's be honest, that's on LeBron's level. So... I think you have to build towards your personnel and not be this trendy league and see just because everybody's shooting, I got to get all these shooters. That's why, in another sense, I think when you're getting in these drafts, it has to be, because it just takes so much to be a consistent superstar, you got to draft the best player available. I don't think with these guys, especially NBA, it becomes so hard to sustain, sustain success. I get you want to draft for a need, in a sense, but like this year's draft, you don't. how do you be number one and you don't pick Kay Cunningham? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just sometimes I think you just got to pick the best player available and say, yeah, I got two wings, but this guy got this potential to be a superstar. So I'm going to take him anyway and we're going to figure it out. You know what I'm saying? I think with people trying to always formulate and copy what these other teams are doing, they're not playing. It's just like with Minnesota, going back to them again, when they was just getting all these young guys. I mean, how do you draft Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio back to back, bro? Like, in what logical world did you make that? Did that make sense? You know, you go get Jared Culver, Culver, and then you barely, you know, you playing them, then you not. But at number six, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, bro. I liked watching him in college. He got Texas Tech to the national championship game, but he's like a better scoring, like maybe like a little more skilled. Gilchrist at number like as bad as the Timberwolves are, that's not gonna get you to a playoff, you know, a playoff merge or something like that. So you really gotta just look at, you know, that's why a lot of these young guys and like Booker got drafted what thirteen. Um, Mitchell got drafted at 12. A lot of these guys, that get passed over because teams looking at quote-unquote needs, you know, and then these other guys that's 12, 13. I mean, Hero got drafted at 14, top five player last year in the playoffs. I mean, I mean, it surpassed all expectations, you know what I'm saying, was going toe-to-toe with, with Jalen Brown, uh, you know, and Tatum and all these guys. So I think you just got to go with your personality. Like, Eli made a good point about culture too, man. You got to establish, you know, what kind of team we're going to be What's you know the energy gonna be when we step in these locker rooms and, and go get the best player available? That's realistic too, you know. Obviously, if you Minnesota, you know you're not in the sweepstakes for you know Kyrie Irving as a free agent. Or like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you try to build as realistic as possible. Yeah, I just man, analytics can be a little overrated, bro. I think yeah. the nerves just and took over basketball too much and. Instead of just picking out hoopers, it's more so like, well, we got to make sure that this percentage of guys is this and that. And it's, it's, a, it's a whole bunch of BS now. But, man, 
It's been another good episode, y'all. We get to this point now. We're going to go ahead and get ready and wrap this up, man. Um, before we do that, though, quick shout out to Deshaun Watson. He said, nah, bro, I'm not playing for y'all. What's <laughs> <laughs> it? Nah, bro, I ain't playing for y'all. I don't care what y'all got. I'm not playing for y'all, bro. Uh, any one of y'all got like some little, you know, last last little sayings, little shout outs? Oh, man. Shout out to uh, shout out to my dad, man. He turned 49. Uh, what's today? Saturday. He turned about 49 Thursday. So shout out to him, man. Blessings. That's lit. Birthday. That's so, lit. Eli, you got anything, my boy? No, man. You thought I wasn't going to pop up, man. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I just popped up on the uh, Rashad. That's lit, bro. <laughs> but no, That's lit, man. I think. No shout out. Another episode. Easy Money Sport Podcast. Appreciate you for having me on the show. Always. Same for, for me, sure. too. Appreciate it. For sure. Man, I think Duke sleep, so he ain't, he ain't sitting there about 10 minutes, I don't think. No. <laughs> no For sure. So I guess I'll go ahead and wrap it up, man. Um, man, of course, shout out to the big man upstairs for allowing us to do this again, man. Because um, we just been knowing here, bro, that, you know, tomorrow's not promised. So uh, definitely just got to keep living life to the fullest. Uh, man, y'all be safe out here. Still protect yourselves, man. We still in the we're still in the pandemic out here, you know. It must just don't seem like that we we ain't, but we still are. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Just be safe out here. Protect yourself, man. Uh, love black women. Cherish black women. Protect black women. Um, no means no. You know what I'm saying? I know a new month is coming up. Bro. March coming up. It's about to get warm again, hopefully again. And, you know, maybe if – you can be outside like that, you know. Sunday season gonna be coming up and all that good stuff. But <laughs> hey, hey, no means no, bro. Sunday season, a thousand, a thousand yeah, percent. Yeah, I'm You just gotta, you just gotta be ready, man. Oh, white toe season. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, hold on, I'm we tripping. I'm tripping. We here for I'm it. Tripping. <laughs> I'm tripping. One last thing, man. Happy Black History Month, still, bro. Um, you know what I'm saying. Shout out to to just everything black. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I, it's so much to, that that could be a whole episode, really. But shout out to everything black, man. And uh, not even just, you know, just this month, bro. 365, bro, all year. Support, support black business, shop black business, man. Uh, support your people and everything that they do. And uh, man, I always just listen and subscribe to the podcast, bro. Uh, Spotify, Google, Apple. Podcast is pretty much where you can get it at. Uh, man, SoundCloud. Uh, man, y'all just be safe out here. Uh, continue to love on your loved ones and everything like that. Man, once again, this has been another episode of the Easy Money Sports Podcast. We'll see you guys next week.